let down. Let me ask you something. Uh, have you ever felt that way? Because if you have, and I would venture to say all of us have, you need to be here for the next two weeks. Today, obviously, and next Sunday. Because next Sunday we're going to take a look at that difficult kind of emotion, that process of working through, has God let me down? And if you know somebody that maybe has raised that question, that very honest question, uh, that is not a part of the church, invite them to come. We're going to enter into that question honestly and humanly. One of the things I want to do before we head right into the message is very quickly, and then we have communion ahead of us, but I am grateful for our fathers today. And if you are a father, I'm going to ask you just to simply stand. If you're a father, I'm going to ask you to stand. Great. Great. We want to thank you for the role that you play. Uh, we really do, in terms of the investment that you make in your family and children. And I want us to pray for you right now. And so those of you around these gentlemen, if you'll just hold your hand up, the palm of the hand in the direction of the Father closest to you, okay? And let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you have called these men to be men of character, of integrity, of love, grace, and mercy. And Lord, I just pray your blessings upon all of us, Father. We know at times our humanness, our humanity shows through. And, and we know the words out of Romans 3.23 that all have fallen short of the glory of God. Yet God, we thank you that you're able to do in us what we're not able to do for ourselves, what we're not able to do for others. You're able to give us your grace and mercy to do something more than the natural, to allow us to do the supernatural to be fathers. So Lord, I ask your blessings on the men of this church that we will show leadership, not only in the community, not only in the church, but most of all in our homes. We pray that for our community, the Macon Bib area, that fathers will rise up, will take the mantle of leadership. This is our prayer. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. Let's uh, say thanks to these guys. Today, what I want to talk about is relational letdown. How do you handle life when someone lets you down? How do you respond when you put your trust in someone and they end up instead hurting you, disappointing you. I, I think about it in my own life. Part of my story is a story where I was serving in ministry and I, I shared some things. And maybe I shared too much with someone, but there was a man in leadership and I said, look, I want this to be between us, but this is what I'm envisioning. This is what I think God is calling us to do. But I'm not ready for that to, to be shared with others. And so let's just pray about that. Well, he didn't. Oh, he may have prayed, but he disclosed it and shared it with others. And I, I was misrepresented and I was misinterpreted. And it was perceived as selfishness when in reality it was just some thinking and praying and sharing out loud. He preached confidence. 
How does that feel when someone lets you down? Well, for me, it hurt badly. It stung. And the irony is this, that we sometimes can expect disappointment from those who are non-believers, for those who are not following closely after God. But the irony is those of us who call ourselves brothers and sisters in Christ can disappoint those who are in Christ. So, as we take a look at when others let you down, the reality for us is that all of us have been hurt in some way. All of us have had some kind of letdown. And so this is my story that I just shared with you. What is your story? Uh, Surely there's been an authority figure in your life that has disappointed you. I think about someone who didn't necessarily hurt me or abuse me, but I was very disappointed. It was a youth pastor, and and he poured his life into me, and, and years later, he was unfaithful to his wife and had to step away from ministry. I had idolized him. He had let so many of us down. Maybe you've experienced that kind of disappointment where you had you had, had an expectation in someone and they failed. Or maybe you've experienced rejection. I know there are kids even in this room. Some of them worship with us weekly that may feel abandoned, even on Father's Day. I know parents right now who are aching with pain, and their children have decided to reject the good ways they've been raised, they've been taught, they've been directed. And these parents are saying, why are you doing this to your wife? Some of you, perhaps, You were in a time of need and you needed somebody to be there for you. And and they just weren't. And so you're asking the question today, who can I trust? Who can I open up to? People have hurt me. I've lived life purely. I've tried to be honest. But I'm disappointed. Well, you're not alone. Jesus was let down. Think about that for a minute. The sinless God-man who only had love. The world had never been loved like this before. And Christ enters in, comes and dwells in our midst. He's faultless in every way. And yet people move to let Him down. And you see that Jesus agonizes in relational pain over and over again. People betraying Him. People hurting Him. People misrepresenting Him. If you have your message notes, I want to encourage you to read along with me this passage, Isaiah 53.3. In fact, the prophet of old could see ahead through time and speak to this relational letdown, this collective letdown that the world would live out before Jesus. It says this, Isaiah 53, 3. He was despised and rejected. Jesus was despised and rejected by men, by people. 
A man of sorrow, familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Did you catch those words? He was despised. He was rejected. He was let down. We esteemed him not. We abused him. We disregarded him. This man that was perfect and sinless in every way, in every fashion, we turned against him. We called him a, a heretic. Some accused him of being demon-possessed. Some said he was intoxicated and drunk. Others called him a false prophet. Remember Judas, one who learned under the rabbi. And I really believe he loved Jesus. But oh, how disappointing it must have been. You see, the, the tradition was that often to show affection in that Arab world, there would be one who would kiss on one side of the cheek and that one would kiss on the other, men. And in that Mideastern world, there was that setting where, where that was a sign of love and affection, platonically, adoration. And here, Judas, Jesus knows it well, he says, go and do what you must do. As they're sharing in communion together. Jesus understands the disappointment. But what an awkward moment. When they come to arrest Jesus. And Judas kisses Jesus. Mixed messages. Relational letdown. Peter. We love Peter because we see so much of Peter in our own lives. He's fired up. I'll never deny you. And then he heard the cock crow. You know, God is amazing in His grace and in His mercy. Because if it were up to me, a world that I entered, where I was faultless, where I was sinless, where I was coming to make a difference, and I was treated like that, I would have used my supernatural powers and zapped them. <laughs> but God shows mercy when He has been let down. And, and there's some byproducts, dangerous results of these relational letdowns. And so one of the messages I want to get across today is that you're not alone. Those around you have been let down. You have let down others. And you are one in the midst of many that have been let down. But be careful. Be careful because some things can develop. Some symptoms of being let down. And one is a hard heart. When someone hurts you, you say, well, forget it. Have you ever heard somebody say this? I'm not trusting anyone anymore. And so you wall up. You close down. You say, I'm going to be safe. I'm not going to risk being loved because I've been disappointed. And so I'm going to guard against being hurt again. And so you build this fortress around your soul and you don't let anyone in. And there's a callousness to you and a hard heart. And then a prideful spirit. When somebody does something to you, when you've been let down, 
you use that as a moment for self-righteousness. Well, I never do that to anyone. Well, I don't let others down. They're actually no good. And we begin to see ourselves in a grandiose way, prideful when hurt. Not knowing how to respond, we puff up in pride. And so a hard heart, a prideful spirit, and then unjustified behavior or unjustified sin. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? Which sin is justified? But, but in our minds, we can somehow think that we can justify sin, which really lets us down as well as God, because someone else has compromised. Maybe you've heard of someone who has been dishonest in money affairs. And, and so you think, you know, they were dishonest with me in financial dealings. And so we begin to translate that and justify activity in our minds to say, well, you know, I don't have to be completely honest with my expense report. I'll, I'll fudge a little. Or maybe the husband begins to, to let his eyes wander and, and he begins to somehow do this justification and he delves into pornography and he says, you know, my wife's not meeting my needs, therefore I'm justified. She's let me down, therefore I can do what I want. It can be extremely dangerous when we're let down and we don't respond well. We respond in destructive ways. I, I, I think about a vengeful spirit. When someone lets us down, we have that mentality of they're going to pay. And God's going to level the playing field and I'm going to help him. <laughs> and we begin in our minds, in our minds to fantasize, to imagine hurt on that other person. And it, become, it begins to be a, a toxin that begins up in here and it spreads throughout our body. So be careful. You're going to be let down. We know that. I'm going to be disappointed. But how you respond as a follower of Christ is critical to how Christ can be formed in you. So what do we do? Well, there are two prayers that I think are helpful when it comes of being let down. When it comes to being disappointed in a person or in people, and one of those is pretty simple. Here it is. God help me to live with thicker skin. <laughs> Doesn't sound real profound, does it? Doesn't sound overly spiritual. But i got to tell you, even as spiritual beings, as relational beings, I think it's a helpful prayer. And being in ministry, i got to share with you, can thicken one time. And every once in a while, I, I, I think, you know what, I can handle this. I've got a thick hide, and then I'll find that there is a sensitive spot. And I'll begin to have wrong thoughts and reactions when that sensitive spot gets bruised. Proverbs 19.11 says this, A person's wisdom 
yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. The word in the original language is a bar, A-B-A-R, a bar, all one word. It means to overlook an offense. That's not dysfunction. That's not enabling. But what it, what it is, is that grace that is instilled in our lives and that mercy that has been afforded us and we can somehow begin to see with the eyes of Christ that person is a child of God and we begin to understand that when we've been hurt, when we have been disappointed, that God is at work in that person's life just as much as He's at work in mine and I've got to somehow look beyond the offense. But what often happens is we get this victim mentality, a victim syndrome where we say, you know what, I have been disappointed and I've been let down and I'm going to let everyone know it and I'm going to make it painful for everyone around me. Instead of being an overcomer in Christ, we decide we're going to be a victim I live at that low place. And what happens is it short circuits our relationships with everyone. When we, when we move to a place where we can only see how we have been victimized. <coughs> and we do it in little ways. And, and you can see it surface. Um, uh, you know, some of these phrases, you didn't even call me back for the whole day, or it took you six hours to respond to my email, or I texted you, my daughter likes this one, I texted you and you didn't text back. Uh, the, easily offended is often a sign or symptom that we're miserable as a victim. It happens in the church. Well, I just don't come to church anymore. My feelings were hurt. You can tell I'm real sensitive on this. Can't you? Yeah. And, and uh, you can tell I have a lot of patience to overlook a bar. Not really. And, and so in my pastoral style, I'll walk over to that person and they'll say, you know, they just hurt my feelings. And, and, and so in pastoral training, I learned this one phrase. You ready for it? Get over it! <laughs> Grow up! Welcome to the human community! And guess what? We're humans in the church and we're going to fail you! And so come alongside! We've got plenty of room for you as well! I don't say it quite like that. But I want to. You ever seen the movie Liar Liar? You ever seen that? That's a great Jim Carrey, right? Yeah, this is in my notes, but yeah, Jim Carrey, and he's an attorney, and he has to tell the truth, and he cannot lie. I love it, and I just I I ask the Lord not to give me one of those days with some of y'all. You know, when you come in the counseling office and you sit down and you share your story, and I say, "You are sick." You know, I won't do that, I promise. None of that was in my notes. Uh, people are going to let you down. 
And Jesus helps us. Jesus helps us when He he begins to to give us the sanctified Holy Spirit to do what He did. And what did He do? He said, turn the other cheek. He said, if you go into a town and they don't receive you, what do you do? You dust your feet off and you go on. You don't carry the hurt. You don't build a case against them. You, you dust off your feet and you move on. You extend your life over a bar. You overlook. And so I want to share with you some thicker thoughts that could thicken your hide. You ready for this? Yeah. People will let you down, so don't. So stop hoping they won't. People are going to, by nature, we're fallen. We're broken. And they're going to fail us. They're going to disappoint us. Uh, don't you? Well, I love it as a pastor when I'm doing premarital counseling. The couple comes in and they're all goo-goo-eyed. You know what I'm talking about. You remember what that was like, right? And they're like, you're the greatest. No, you're the greatest. No, you're the greatest. No, you're the greatest. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. You're not even married yet. You don't know what it's like. And, and, and so I, I, uh, I, I walk through them. With it, but you know what? You never really get it until you get married, right? You have all this idealism, and then humanity shows up. And so, even in marriage, folks, your spouse is going to let you down. So don't hope that they won't. People can't meet your needs. Now, they can enhance life, they can enrich who you are, they can make you better, but they can never fill that God-shaped, empty spot that only Christ can fill. And what happens oftentimes is in marriage, a couple will be married for a number of years, at this dawning revelation, they have idealized this other person, and then they realize, you're not a God! You are human. You do make mistakes. And that is a critical moment in a marriage because it's at that point that you have to say, you are human and I love you. And I am human and you love me. And somehow, mystically, God calls this holy matrimony. And He's at work. And we're going to trust Him. And so thicker thoughts are important now. The other is this. God not only helped me to have thicker skin, God helped me to love with a softer heart. We heard that song, Give Me a Softer Heart, right? Did not hear that in the lyrics today. Lord, give my heart the, the moist feel of clay in your hand. Jesus summed it up. Are you ready for this? He summed it up. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength. And the second command is incredibly close to the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And that's 
when we were at our worst, God was at his best. God was always at his best, but he was really at his best when we were at our worst. And I find that a way to soften my heart is number one, to say, Lord, help me to see this person as a child of God. Help me see this one who has disappointed me as belonging to you. And I've got to trust that you're at work in his life or her life. And so I'm going to trust you with that. I'm going to trust that I'm going to be a part of that process, if nothing else, by my willingness to show mercy. Number two is to understand. You know, there's a lot of reasons why people do what they do. And you've heard that line, right? Hurt people hurt people. And sometimes there are those moments where we have to step back and in our woundedness and in our brokenness and and, in being offended, we have to step back and say, now let me try to understand this person. Seek to understand and then to be understood. And oftentimes when we begin to understand, maybe it's a broken system that the person, family system, they come out of. Maybe they're a recovering alcoholic. Maybe they've just heard their job has been eliminated. If we can begin to understand what it is that's going on in their lives, we become much more compassionate with soft hearts. That's what happened with Jesus. He understood our condition, didn't he? He understood the sin in our lives. He understood that there was no way that we could save ourselves. And I think that's why he was able to say, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. He understood at that point. They're clueless. They're lost. And they're desperate for us to do something. So this morning, as we share in communion, somebody has let you down. Somebody has disappointed you. And you know what? It hurts. It may have changed your life, but the wonderful thing for us in Christ Christ gives us a future to move forward. I'll turn this off. And one of the things I want to say to you is while we may be obsessed with someone letting us down, today's message with this table behind me is about the fact that God came down. God came down and dwelt with us when we were down and out. So I want to invite you today. It matters not if you're a member of this church. We just simply ask you to celebrate what Christ has done for us. While others may have let us down and there are healthy ways to respond to that, the most important thing is that Christ came down in Corinth and dwelt in our church.